Hello and welcome back to the Danlock Photography Podcast. Mate, thank you so much for listening to this. This is the show where we like to educate beginner photographers and discuss certain topics and share stories about our journey in photography. If you'd like to get in touch with me and perhaps you've got a question that we can answer here on the show, whether you know the answer or not, it could be beneficial for beginner photographers to know the answer and the solution. Okay, so if you've got a question that you think would be good for us to talk about on the show, please email me. It's info at danlock.co.uk. That's the email, info at danlock.co.uk. Remember, this is an educational show, okay? We like to talk about all things photography, from cameras to prints, from websites to social media. Okay, most episodes, I'll have a special guest or two, like today, uh, and sometimes I'll do a, a solo podcast, okay? So have a look through the archive of podcasts that I've done so far and find one that suits you and and give it a go, give it a listen, and make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast as well. However you're listening to this, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, try and find the follow button or subscribe, whatever option is there for you. Okay, so today I'm talking about vintage lenses, okay? Using vintage lenses on your camera body that is from today's world. Okay, what I mean by that is like your DSLRs and your mirrorless cameras. So I've got two guests that have already been on the show and uh, I, I adore them. I adore them completely for being on the show. And I just, I, I find these two guys very inspirational, especially within social media. I know I can look to this guy, Caleb Bronco, for all my social media Instagrammy Instagram reels, much to my dismay, but um, I, I know I can look to him for inspiration. He's a great photographer. Check him out. He's, uh, I'll leave all the links in the description of this, the show notes below. So if you want to check these guys out whilst you're listening to today's podcast, please do. So we've got Caleb Bronco, who mainly photographs cars, supercars and jets and this bougie lifestyle. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a great photographer and I think you'll really like his, his work. So do check him out. My other guest is Ed Wisher from Melbourne, Australia, my favourite country of all time. This guy is amazing at what he does. He t takes a lot of um, landscape photos, a lot of uh, product photography, food, and all that, all that good stuff. He's a great, great guy. Again, someone who inspires me, especially within the social media realm of things. So these two guys, I forgot to say, Caleb is from Florida. And like I said, Ed is from Melbourne, Australia. So, and I'm here in the UK. So we've got three different time zones for you right now. Um, it is, I believe, 9.30 at night. Um, so that'll be uh, Ed in Melbourne. It'll be his 6.30 in the morning. And then Caleb, I think it will be around 4.30 in the afternoon. So... <laughs> that won't mean anything really when you're listening to this, but just know all three of us are from different countries on different time zones. 
all working together to bring you this really valuable podcast talking about vintage lenses, talking about the good things, the bad things, um, talking all things why you should have a little experiment with some vintage lenses. So we are going to go straight over now to the interview with Ed and Caleb. I hope you enjoy. Here it is. So we have got Ed Wisher in Australia, Melbourne, and Caleb Bronco in Florida. How are we, boys? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Both of you are probably seasoned podcasters by now, so uh, this should be fun. Now, today we're talking about vintage lenses, and uh, you two know a hell of a lot more about vintage lenses lenses than i do so i'll be sort of like i'll be the the person who will be learning here and uh, as much as well as our listeners so i just want to sort of start off basically because it's it's become a bit of a a fascination on uh, especially on instagram a lot of people are really raving about vintage lenses yeah. And uh, I just want to I want to know what is the fascination? Like, please educate me, guys. Do you want to go first, Caleb? Uh, uh, sure. Um, but, I know, shooting with vintage lenses is just a, it's a really fun way to shoot because you're using like the glass is old. The coatings are old. They're very imperfect. So you get a very unique look from them where which people often use like a bunch of different like stylized filters to like try and get or they try and do it in post and it just doesn't look right like it, it'll look okay but like if you really want to if you really want stuff to look like it like like it did like back in the day why don't why don't you just shoot with like like the like glass they actually used back then which is great and it takes the digital edge off the sensor because they're a lot uh, smoother i use mine a lot for um um uh, uh, video work rather than photo and also some of these sets they use the same glass um, uh, optics and coatings as the much more expensive um, much more expensive versions of the time that they use for uh, like actual movies like the um, Canon FDs some of those were what they made the Canon K35s out of which, which filmed uh, what the movie aliens um and then a bunch of other stuff and then obviously the contact zeiss was the um kind of building blocks for the zeiss super speeds uh which filmed like the shining and full metal jacket and stuff like that so you're getting like legendary lenses for a lot less wow and just so i've got this right and just so our listeners have got this right Using you're using vintage lenses, and we, and by vintage I mean what thirty years plus old cameras, film camera lenses on digital DSLRs or mirrorless cameras that we have today. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, like 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. I think the Takamar set that I have is uh, from the sixty is like is like mid mid sixties to early seventies is when those those are from. So. Wow. And uh, Ed, you use vintage lens. Do you use them exclusively? Like how often do you guys use these lenses? 
Um, for me, um, like Caleb said, they're a bit imperfect. So on client shoots, especially for photography, I don't typically use them unless it's a specific uh, request from a client. I've got some clients that have more of a vintage feel in their shops. For those who followed along last time and just to keep you up to speed, I do a lot of food photography and cafe photography, um, restaurants and all that. So there are some that are a little bit more old school and they enjoy it. But there is the problem that um, they are quite soft, which means mm. if you're looking for like magazine photos or anything like that, it can be a bit too soft and you can't really drag that out, like extract more sharpness in post. So they have an amazing mood to them, an amazing look. Um, and I think they're probably, for me personally, if I'm doing my personal work, they're really, they're more beautiful than your standard lenses. Um, but, you know, for client work, I won't usually use it too much, but they're with me every time I go out and shoot my own stuff. And I get wow. super, super excited if a client wants me to use my vintage lenses and I do try and plug them as much as I can. Yeah, I love it. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So I think we've discussed it on the show before, but um, am I right in saying that um, a lot of lenses, depending on the brand, I guess the lenses always hold their value. Is that correct? Or, or you know, unless damaged... Time. You know, unless... Well, especially vintage lenses are going nuts right now in the market. People need to stop buying them so I can buy them before they go. <laughs> yeah, they go. Wow. They're pretty, pretty like consistent. But obviously, it's like anything else. A lot of factors come into it, like how many are in workable condition. Like the Helios forty-four-two, which is a really popular lens yeah. for cinematography, because um, it's got a really crazy bokeh that you don't see anywhere else or it's very hard to see anywhere else. And the flaring is like absolutely gorgeous. That's That was like produced fucking everywhere and for like 30 years, I think, wasn't it, Caleb? Yeah, so they, made, pick... they made, it's the most mass produced lens of all time. Yeah, so you can pick wow. them up for like $90 or something like that, Australian, or if you're lucky. Um, but then there's other ones like the Takama set that Caleb was referring to before. They might be a couple of hundred dollars. I'm talking Australian dollars. So half that if you're in the UK. And that's or, even a bargain right now for yeah. Lenses. So, but it's um, it's been this weird trend. I'm sure Caleb could talk to it. Like when I found out about them a couple of years ago, they were very niche, so they were pretty cheap. And now the prices are climbing up because yep. for me anyway, I've seen this trend where lenses are so like digital lenses. Lenses designed for digital cameras, all these new lenses coming out are so similar that even the difference optically between a $600 lens. And a two thousand dollar lens, it's so it's so close that it's you know, and they're all the same. They're all perfectly sharp, you know, good contrast. There's no color cast. There's no character to them. So it almost gets like once you've filled out your set with, um, and I'm sure Caleb can speak to this. Once you've filled up your set with everything you need to do your job with, like normal lenses with like autofocus and all that, you want something a bit more. You want you know you want something different you know you don't want to buy you know the gen 2 of your lens if it's pretty much the same and they've only fixed something else you don't want to you know spend another thousand dollars on a lens for that you want something that's actually going to improve your shooting experience as the shooter that that's yeah. me anyway wow and i don't want to turn this into like a competition but you you two are you know all three of us here we are photographers and i just want to know 
roughly, unless you've counted, how many lenses do you guys actually own? Can I? Because I've seen. Oh, fucking Caleb's going to win of, this one. I've seen Caleb's, no. Caleb's Instagram reels are just off the charts, right? It, I've seen a, a reel where he's just laying on the floor. This is quite recent, right? And yeah. he's just surrounded by all these lenses. I want to know how many lenses do you guys have and how many of them roughly. Um, are vintage lenses? Um, Ed, I'll I'll let I'll let I'll let you go first. You want to ease them into it? <laughs> I guess so. Might as well. Um, lenses. Let me count: one, two, three, four, five, six, um, seven, eight, nine, ten lenses, and I've got five vintage. Also, oh, ten. So you've got. Half of your lenses are vintage and half of them are from this decade, right? Yes. But it's like I said before, it's just I've got everything I need to do my job and across a lot of industries. And then like, so when the YouTube train does its thing and they're talking about this new lens and everybody's fucking talking about stuff, Mm. it just doesn't excite me. But when I see like a vintage lens that gets you these extremely unique looks that like Caleb said, you can't recreate and post. And there's just... I don't know how else to put it without sounding like a, you know, 18 year old chick is just like, it's just, there's this vibe to them. There's just this mood to them mm. that you just can't replicate. And it's just, and I think it is that old school warm sort of feel where you just can't get that with sharp digital yeah. images. It's the whole thing digital too, where it's images. just like, where it's just like, even if you could do it in post, which like, if you, if you spent hours, you could probably get something similar, but it's like, just being like, when you're shooting, like seeing all that stuff happen, like, like on your screen is just like it inspires you to just go make something awesome. That, yeah, that's exactly it. That was what I was talking about with the like my experience as a shooter when I put on a vintage lens. I feel and I hate this word, but it feels more like quote unquote cinematic. Yeah, like no, just, yeah, you it, can say that. Yeah. Oh no, I just I just think it's overused it's just, so it's much just in the industry. But, oh, um, really? Yeah, but it's like, and this is it, and. Yeah, it's just the experience of shooting when I'm using the vintage lenses. I just love it. I just love what I'm creating. I don't like, and it just brings me into that world where I'm not worried about whether it's the sharpest thing in the world or what it is. It just looks and feels so beautiful. And I just don't get that with my digital lenses. I know they can do the job and I'll take them on client shoots all the time, obviously. But if it's for me, I'd rather just, you know, have the vintage lenses and create something that I'm really, really enjoying. Wow. And sorry, Caleb, we didn't get to the number. Of oh, yes. Yeah. Do you have an exact figure? <laughs> I haven't counted in a bit, but I, I believe there, it's, there's so I, many. I, you can't believe, count them. I believe it's around 100 or just. Oh, over my 100. goodness. But hear me out. Most of them I found at like antique stores and stuff for like five or $10. So most yeah. of them are just the ones that I've found. Um, and I'm just like, oh, okay. And I found a lot of like really good ones that are now really expensive for extremely cheap. So it's, it's yes, kind of like a hunting th- for ones that are worth some money. I think you mentioned this on the previous podcast that we've we've done, where you know it was it was more of, it was turning into a bit more of an investment almost. If you saw a, a lens that was pretty cheap, but you knew would um, appreciate in its value. You just, it's just a no-brainer. You've just got to pick it up, right? Yeah, because I mean, I just like I need to get into like 
like flipping some of these, but it's just like when I find a new one, I'm just like, I just want to use it. <laughs> and then I don't. He's like a, a Gary V of the photography world, just oh, going around all these markets. <laughs> I know, right? I, so, there's there's someone near me I, that they haven't gotten back to me yet. I, I want it so bad, but like I already have this lens. It's a Canon FD 85 millimeter F1.2 L, super rare lens. Um, I have one. I bought one earlier this this year because I built an and as I built a set of FDs, but someone's selling it for like $600 right now. So I'm going to try and snag it for like 500 because it's worth 1200. So we'll see. Wow. Wow. Just uh, just do some quick little flips, but that one I'll just sell because I already have one. So who cares? <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. And, and is your situation very similar to Ed's where you've got like half of your lens collection is vintage or would you say more? Most, of, your... most of them are vintage. Yeah. The, wow. the ones that I, I probably have like, 12 to 15 like modern lenses that i use for like most of my client stuff but uh i try for like anything more than just like videos for like you know like anything more than like everyday videos for clients i, I try and bring out like the vintage lenses because i've got a couple different sets that have a, a like different looks to them so like if, if they want something more like like more kind of clean then i'll bring out like one thing or if they want something like with crazy flares and whatnot, then I'll bring out something else. Mm. I think it, yeah, it's, it's good to have that sort of like option when you're out on the field and it's like, you know, you're on the job. It's just, a, you know, what you're saying is it's a good thing to just have in case, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And then most of it's more of just like an investment. Cause, and then I've, I've just fallen down, like the, I've just fallen down like the rabbit hole of just like, learning about them and like then wanting them and then i'd show sure. them and then or some of them i miss out on and then they jump up in price and i'm like i'm not getting that anymore just kidding <sighs> see this is the thing i'm i have sort of like a very similar personality it was a few years ago um i was collecting vinyl records right nice heavily heavily and i'm heavily into music anyway like old old rock music and just great like just great records right and i'd have this massive collection especially guns and roses stuff that was just like mm, that's weird coll yeah Love collector's it. items like like when you really get into like a top uh, a subject like this whether it's lenses or um records you start like you say you start to go down this like rabbit hole and all of a sudden I was finding a record like say uh, Guns N' Roses uh, biggest record was Appetite for Destruction right which is in from 1987 and I bought the uh, I bought it uh, a vinyl record of that album and then I found out you could get like a German pressing then you can get a, a, a record which comes with a free patch and then you can get one with a free poster and there's all these different like versions of the same thing. And I just, it's that collector's sort of like ambition kicks in and you just have to have it all. Would you say, would either of you say that that sort of like similar territory with lenses? Like, do you get one that you really like and then you want to get it in a different focal length or what's the story there? Do you have one for do you have different focal lengths or do you have one that's uh, different uh, like ap aperture and things like that? What is the, what is the whole, what are you looking for? Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. 
what are you looking for when you when you want to buy a vintage lens? Um, Ed, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, it's just about the look um, and the feel of it. So uh, there's one thing that I really like about vintage lenses when you're trying to find them as well, when I'm looking for mm. them, is that because they're not trending in terms of there's no financial backing for people to do it. It's really easy to find good reviews. So when I'm looking for, I'm looking for a look um, and a feel to it. And it's essentially is that vintage look and feel. Um, sure. For me personally, I believe that half the look that you get out of film photos and, you know, there's a film photography trend going around as now that's made a real resurgence. Um, you know, half of that's actually the lens or more than half from what I can see. So, for me, it's just about, is it going to help me achieve a different look in a way that will further my, for me personally, my sort of creative endeavors in terms of my YouTube and, you know, reels, whatever it is. And mm. um, that's probably the biggest thing because like I said, all the modern lenses coming out today, they're all so similar. Like it's all, how fast are they autofocus? You know, what's its contrast like? And the color rendering is all so neutral and I understand that because that's designed for you to work a bit easier in post. Um, but for me, I've, I just find it quite boring. So there's no lenses coming out really that are just appealing to me because I've got the set that I want and need. But whereas I can look through vintage stuff and watch reviews and see how they render colors and how, the, how they flare, um, all these really beautiful things that you get out of them that you just don't get. So for me, it's all just about the look, trying to find the look. Yeah. Wow. Something something interesting actually is um, think there's a couple com there's a couple companies um, that like they're like huge in making lenses. Uh, Sigma and Airy just announced today. They're they're they they uh, made so they've they they both made sets of um, 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 uh, lenses or whatever for that have like vintage optics in them. So like it's they're, they're brand new lenses that are designed to get the, the vintage look like they have like, you know, like different coatings and whatnot. But like, so people that are trying to make films or whatnot that want like an older look, they can buy these brand new lenses that, you know, like work like a, that like the functionality is like a new lens, but it looks like an old one. So it's like a little, the best of both worlds, which is kind of wow. cool. Far yeah. Only, including autofocus and all that. Cause that would be insane. Well, Cinema lenses like never really have autofocus because they don't they, they just don't use that for. Um, I was just thinking with Sigma just because they're they're so consumer heavy that would be awesome. But to be fair, that's because one yeah, of the that, things that, that does annoy awesome. me the most um, with vintage lenses is the form factor. They're so small, so they are a little bit harder to like rig out and stuff like that. I mean, unless you I do go down your route and get the uh, Cinemods. Yeah, no, the the, uh, the mods are definitely good. Also, if you want to really get into it, you can get them like rehoused, but that's like three to four grand a lens. So wow, yeah, that's my only issue is like I mm -hmm. like that they're pretty cheap. If you, you can find some of them pretty cheap, so when yeah, I'm like, wow. you know, doing that, I'd rather just I don't, I don't do the scalar stuff you do just yet, and I do a lot of photography, so rehousing mm -hmm. it for a cinema lens is a bit much for me still. Oh no, it's way it's way way too much for me either. <laughs> I would I would I would much rather buy like an entire set of like other lenses than. Oh, so is your Sydney modding is different to rehousing it? 
Yeah, re rehousing. There's a com uh, zero optic and a TLS are are two companies that are rehousing these old lenses into like new housings or whatnot, so that they're easier to use on like an actual set. Um, and they're like it's like three to four grand like per oh, lens yeah. to to rehouse. Which if you're working on like you know like a million dollar budget, it's nothing, but but um, pretty expensive for the the average Joe. But yeah, city modding is uh, super easy. I think. I've got a, a video up where like you can you can mod a, a uh, lens, most of them anyway, for like a hundred dollars or less. Oh, awesome! I might have to start doing that. So forgive me uh, for just chiming in, but um, what is just just in layman's terms? What is the term modding? Me just I'm just thinking of our listeners might be just listening to this going, what is what are they talking about? Like what is modding a lens? Got you. So a typical um, like mod for video for a vintage lens includes um, a what a follow focus gear on the focus, so you can use like a so you can use an actual follow focus. Um, it just slips over. There's a few different ways that they do it. Um, the ones I get just kind of slip over and they like pressure on. Um, and then getting a um, I get a uh, front um, front ring to bring all of, all of them up to seventy seven. Uh, millimeters so i can use the same uh filters on them and then um if you want you can get a for most of them you can get a um a custom mount that'll switch it to ef uh, mm. and then also um you can either just get like standard caps but like what i really like to do is get like custom caps made so it just yes. makes it feel more personal now we've sort of touched on a few things here which i was wanted to bring up and ask you guys. Um, so using a vintage lens, my first question is, is there manual focus, uh, only manual focus, or do most lenses have autofocus? Am I getting something wrong? Is there an issue there? Uh, manual all, focus. All, all manual, way. mate. All manual. Right. There's, there, there's some older lenses that have autofocus, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Right. I, just, I thought that would be the case, because I'm not sure when autofocus... Um, developed in photography. I can't remember, obviously, the year. Like when I uh, studied photography way back in college, I, I can't even ever think about uh, learning about this sort of stuff. Do you guys know what sort of year autofocus came in? I got no idea. No, it's weird, isn't it? Like to think about. But um, we're going way back now. So that we're, like we say, we've got lenses that are 60 years old, 40, 50. And they're all manual focus. So that I guess if you're a beginner in photography, you're almost forced into learning the ways of how to use a vintage camera because you're having to use manual focus as well as focus on all these other things like ISO and aperture and shutter, so all the all the basic stuff. But you're also having to manual focus as well. That's interesting. That's very interesting and also again i'm i'm just trying to put my my uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to put myself in a beginner's shoes right now uh, and if they're if they've only used dslrs or mirrorless cameras like cameras of today and we're, we're trying to sort of educate people in in the world of using vintage lenses you know to tr to experiment and to try new things the thing that I just heard is the mount. So Canon users, most Canon users use 
an EF mount. Is that correct? Yep. And what is the situation there with, can you use lenses from like an old uh, Pentax or a, an old, an older lens from a different camera, the... a different company with, let's say, a Canon camera? Is there an issue there? The number one answer for that is sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. It depends on the mounts. It, it's all about the flange distance, uh, which is the back of the lens to where the sensor is. And some some mounts like EF has a pretty long flange distance because uh because um they have like the little they have the little mirror in it. Um right. so lenses like the um uh, the old um Canon FD series will not actually fit or not actually adapt to the EF ones. You can get an adapter that has a little piece of glass in it, but it destroys like the quality of the image because it has to reshape um like where the like light goes. So don't get right. those they're trash. Um but uh, they uh, SimMod actually makes an EF mount conversion for the FD lenses, which is kind of cool. It's it's decently expensive. It's like 150 bucks. So like if you really wanted to get a set of these and convert them to EF, you could. Um, but basically, if you have um, if you have a mirrorless camera, you can adapt pretty much anything to it. Sure, sure. I'm just yeah, trying to get. Man. Go on, Ed. Well, I shoot on mirrorless, and it's just I literally just pick the vintage lens, see what the mount is, and then just type in, um, you know, that mount to E mount for my Sony, and it's pretty simple. But I, I, I haven't delved as far into it as Caleb, so wow, listen to him and what he knows. I'm about just trying. Stuff. I'm just trying to, you know, put this in a way where you know the the listeners can understand. So if they if they are Let's say they've gone to a yard sale, boot sale, or whatever you want to call it, and they find like a, a vintage lens, and they're like, oh, this would be so cool to put on my DSLR. What sort of things are they going to need in order to make that the whole thing work? Because obviously they'll find a Pentax lens, and they'll put it on a Canon, and oh, it just doesn't work. If you have, if you have an old... Um... If you have an old uh, Pentax lens with an M42 mount, M42 is famous for being able to adapt to pretty much everything because it had a really long flange distance. That you can just get a like, I think they're like six bucks for like an adapter, super easy. Um, the, the later Pentax uh, K mounts, I don't know off my hands. I haven't delved too deep into those ones because I'm just not a huge fan. Um, I don't know if that has a, a simple adapter to EF. Um, but any M42 lens, which is also like one of the most popular mounts that has ever been made ever, um, super easy to adapt to anything. So it's basically you're looking for an adapter. And as Ed said, you can just sort of Google these things. So you can Google like the um, the lens mount that you have, and then you've got your, your camera. You should know what mount that um, accepts, and then you just find the adapter for it. Is that right? Yeah. Excellent. Now, what I want to talk about next is the benefits and the drawbacks that you guys have experienced firsthand with using vintage lenses. So I don't mind who goes first, but if you can think at the top of your head, I think we've mentioned a few benefits already. Like you can get a real nice cinematic uh, feel. Uh, you can get some different like bokeh, I think we mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. 
Can you name a few more benefits or any sort of drawbacks? What are the pros and cons of using um, vintage lenses with today's cameras? Uh, pros, I'd say price for most of them, unless you're going for very exclusive lenses. Most of them are pretty cheap compared to just generally lenses. Um, probably the uniqueness of the image, we talked about that as well, but in terms of as a photographer or videographer, it is going to help your work stand out if you learn how to use it. Mm. And then the cons are there. there's a lot of quality of life that you miss out on in terms of autofocus and some of them don't have the same focal ranges in terms of distance. Like they've either got, you know, very they don't have a very close focusing distance like some modern lenses do or they don't actually go all the way to infinity, which is something when I'm doing my landscape I've noticed. Oh, um, right. okay. So, yeah, there's, that's probably the other ones. And then a lot of them are, you know, prime lenses. There wasn't many zoom lenses back then. And if they were, they weren't very good. So most of them are prime lenses and that's a pro or a con depending on how you sit with prime versus zoom lenses, but they're probably the ones for me. Wow. Caleb, any, any to add? Uh, I mean, he pretty much hit on all the, the pros of it. Like it's, you know, they're relatively cheap depending on which ones you go for. Um, they, it really helps your, it really helps your like work stand out from like everybody else. Unless everyone now is using the same lenses, which stop because I'm trying to look. <laughs> like I'm trying to look special, so thanks. But um, so also some some cons that I've that I've found is like when you're hunting for these, most of them like they're they're old. They're they're old, and some of them are not in that good a shape. So like either you're gonna need to have them fixed, or you're gonna have to just be like, all right, screw this, and pass on it. Like I've got a few of them. Like, I, like I've gotten a few of them, and the focus ring has been stiff, or the aperture blades. Um, have a bunch of like oil on them so they don't work very well um, or the lens has like haze in it or fungus which is not good uh, there's a bunch of like imperfections that you have to look out for um, when going through these but that's just kind of like a trick of the trade is just trying to find a good copy or learning how to fix them yourself which is kind of scary <laughs> i bet it's like looking and trying to clean the uh camera body sensor for the first time it's like i should not be touching this yeah for real <laughs> now um what was it gonna say so uh the, what i want to sort of know and it it might be just me here on the isle of Wight in the middle of nowhere but what we've only got one camera shop and i've never been to it i think it's like you know just a very small independent camera shop now when it comes to just buy, just buying gear in general, do you guys uh, do the same as what I do? And I watch a bunch of YouTube reviews and unboxing and things like that just to get a general idea of what it is I'm about to purchase. Do you get inspired by other photographers uh, or, or do you, are you able to go places to try out these lenses? Do you, do you venture out to shops to find just lenses in general it doesn't have to be vintage lenses, but do you guys have that um, option? I know I don't. I don't know. So is everything sort of done online? Like, do you sort of find a lens that you like online by, like, like uh, YouTube videos and things like that? Yeah, I don't trust the YouTube cycle too much anymore. I used to, and used to live and die by it but i ended mm. up making a bunch of decisions and got caught up in the marketing hype so usually what will happen is 
And perfect example is my Sigma 24 to 70. All the YouTubers raved about it. And then it comes out like after a few months of usage, it has major dust problems. The weather ceiling isn't very good. So I've just had to send off my most used lens to get repaired. So I don't do the uh, YouTube cycle of buying. I usually wait six to 12 months of a lens being out before I go and purchase it now. Okay. Just so you can see some real world reviews. Um, in terms of vintage ones, I'd love to be able to try them myself, but I do have a few YouTubers that I really trust. But like I said, there's no money in it for them. Like um, Helios isn't hitting up YouTubers now and saying, hey, we want to sell more lenses, so can you do a review on it? And they're mm. getting kickbacks from it. So and that's the thing I don't really love about YouTube is like a lot of them are like, they're not necessarily, they're either not paid, but they're given the lens. So that's got that sort of incentive for them not to be too harsh on it. Of course. And a lot of them are like naturally concerned about their brand. So they don't want to be like trashing like camera companies because then camera companies will just not send them stuff. Um, and it's good content for them. So I don't trust it too much. But with that's what I like about the vintage lenses is, you know, there's no incentive for them to lie about it. Well, not lie, to be, to no, omit of course. stuff. It's genuine, isn't like, it? Yeah. And, um, you know, because they're cheap, because they're easily accessible for a lot of people, um, you know, it's just it just seems like a really good avenue. Especially, like, if you were, like, a budget budget, like, really budget um, photographer, I'd honestly suggest um, getting a vintage lens or two vintage lenses, like a 35 and an 85 on a baby camera. And your work's going to be better than most people that go out there and get a kit lens on top of their, mm. you know, entry-level yeah. cameras. That's actually a big thing too, especially because like if you can learn to like pull focus like manually, you're gonna be so much better off just like just like throughout everything you do, like knowing how to do that, it's gonna be like so much more beneficial. And then yeah, you could you could go get like you you could get like um like a kit lens. You could get like a kit fifty millimeter f one point eight that's plastic and a piece of crap. It's to, it, it takes great photos for the price. But you could also get like a vintage one that's like, you know, a 1.4 or like maybe a 1.2 and has like, you know, like the, the best glass they could possibly get back in the day. Mm. And, and you'll just have like a much better like starting point or for that same for, for like if instead of spending like 300 bucks on a uh, on like one lens or whatnot, you could have an entire set of like older glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. You know, you get the you can go buy twenty four to seventy f four or something, which is okay to start with, or you can buy like a twenty four f two, a thirty five f two, or a fifty f one point four, and then like an eighty five something. And you know, like we said before, if you love primes, and that's hundred percent the way to go. And I guarantee you, if you got two people, one of them goes down the sort of more classic traditional route today like purchasing kit lenses and all that sort of stuff versus the vintage lens the vintage lens person's work is going to look so much more unique and stand out so much more yeah this is interesting isn't it because um what a, a good idea just from thinking about it i think a good idea would be is to sort of if you're a first if you're a beginner at this and you're starting out as a photographer and you have sort of no idea where this is going to take you or what lens you're going to gravitate to. A good idea, from what I can think of, is to go out and get some vintage lenses that are pretty, yeah. you know, cheap or, you know, average price to, you know, as far as lenses go and get like the whole range pretty much. You could get a real wide angle lens 
um, get loads of different prime lenses, 35 mil, 50, uh, the nifty 50, get your zoom lenses and, and all that. And just, and just see what you gravitate towards like it. And if it is, if you do prefer the nifty 50, then you know that, you know, after a few months or years of, of experience as a beginner, you know that you can sort of save up and get a, a more expensive lens, but with the focal length that you commonly use um, and you can spend a bit more money on like, you know, today's lenses where you've got the technology is obviously a lot more advanced. You know what I'm saying? Mm. What do you yeah, reckon about a, that guys? It's a great way to test. It, it's a great way to test and like, see like what focal lengths you even like to shoot with. Cause like, yeah. if you're like, Oh, I think there was, there was a video Mark Holtz put out. He he reviewed um, or he was just talking about like, like he he brought up that that uh, point. He said um, he wanted to get the Canon seventy to two hundred f four, um, which was like twelve hundred bucks, and then he bought a Canon FD, um, I think seventy five to two hundred or something like that. And he realized like, oh, I don't like this like range. So then it like he only spent like fifty bucks on the like other one. So then instead of spending like twelve hundred dollars and then having to find somebody to like buy it off of him, he just spent. 50 bucks and then realized I don't really like it. Yeah. This is the thing. Um, I was going to mention this earlier. I'm a bit of a, well, I always sort of have been a minimalist um, in, in terms of every aspect of life. Like I've, I've got rid of my, uh, vin- uh, my vinyl record collection. Now that is gone. Like the, the term collection, like just cringes me out a little bit just because I'm such a, a minimalist now so like i try and only use things and have things that add value to my life or bring me joy in some sort of way like if it if if i've got items in my house that i do not if i haven't used in the past three months and i won't use them in the next three months i just get rid of them i just i, I that's the the way i live and that's why i don't tend to get at this stage that's why i don't tend to get like so many lenses and i'm not bashing any of you guys because obviously you know it turns out you you do need and use these all these different lenses for different jobs right whereas i I wouldn't say i use every single one of them but yeah (laughs) (laughs) well the thing is is um you know and this is such this this adds to the debate because we've already touched on the fact that you've got lenses where you know in a few years let's say they're going to be double maybe triple their value so it's worth holding on to whereas i'm someone who just can't hold on to things because i just get i don't know i just i just sort of like it just causes me chaos (laughs) just knowing that i've got things i just i'm not using it's clutter to me Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so i'm i'm a sort of person where i'm only i think i only use maybe two maybe two lenses in my camera bag just two because i know that the ones that i have work for me plus <laughs> i'm not made of money right now so i'm still paying air 2s which is like we're talking over a grand here for a bloody drone so i'm i'm in not a position to start you know splashing out cash for for lenses that i don't know i'm going to use so for me i use a wide angle lens for many different things but i also use the the 24 to 70 as my sort of go-to lens so i know that it's going to work with the majority of everything that i shoot whereas 
before I got the uh, the drone, I was thinking about getting something like a 400 mil um, because I thought at the time that I wanted to do like wildlife photography and stuff like that. So I thought having a, a bigger lens like that would definitely sort me out. After a couple of weeks, I sort of came away from that. And I just thought I'm not, I, it's not, it's not my true calling. Whereas obviously Caleb's into shooting cars. He does it for a living. Ed and you're more into like landscapes and, and product photography and things like that. And, and so I just thought about it a little bit longer. And maybe this is the case for other people out there that are thinking about buying a certain lens. I think you just need to ask yourself a question of what are you going to use this lens for? Because if you're, if you primarily don't use shoot in a particular way, then surely you just don't need, maybe that's just my minimalist head talking. Oh, I agree. No, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I've, I've, over sure. my, I don't know if you're the same, Caleb, like, especially when I started, I thought I needed all this gear and still to this day, 90% of the stuff I do is on my 24 to 70. Yeah. Right. There you go. Mine's mostly like, 16, uh, 16 to 35 is like what lives on my yeah. camera. So yeah. you, you guys, obviously, you're, you're, everybody's welcome to their own opinion. And, and I absolutely respect what you guys have and do and, and all that. I, for me, I just, I just don't. It, to me, it's probably just clutter. I just look at it and I just cringe. And I just need, I just need a nice, calm space. And I know that everything I have, I'm going to use. And um, the only thing is, I'm absolutely fucked if something breaks because I only have one of everything. Like I don't believe in having um, backups for anything. <laughs> I don't have like a. That spare. is risky business, my friend. I know, I know. Yeah, I do because let me take it from you as someone who didn't bring backups <laughs> in the middle of a ten-day shoot and on day two. My fucking main lens broke. Not a good oh idea. Oh my god, that was a nightmare. I had to drive four hours to a camera shop. I was in the <sighs> middle of Australia, and I had to drive four hours to the nearest camera shop and back oh to get ready to shoot the next day. Wow, that's. Yep. I think the only thing I have multiple of is batteries and SD cards. I think those are the only things I've got multiple of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to be fair, you're not. Um, you know, if you're not doing ten day projects, and it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, this is the thing. That, that's only, that only happened once, so I can't really say that was a regular occurrence. But of course, like the one time you have a ten day shoot, the second day is when like something goes. Oh, <laughs> dude, I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, just the lens just completely shot itself." And the worst thing was, I left it. So it was the Sigma twenty four to seventy. So it and I have a great relationship. Yeah, you seem to love it. Oh God! Um, <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know what's fucking happening. And then left it in my bag because I just didn't. I got home and then I was editing all that, and I just hadn't sent it off yet. And then I've just gone. I'm just going to try it one day, like three weeks later, put it in back in the camera and work perfectly fine. I was like, Yep, yeah, that'd be that'd be about right. Wow. Now, guys, we have got a couple of questions, and I'm going to throw them over to you guys now. You can take your time with them. Um, I, the other day, um, put out a question on Instagram on the stories, you know, asking if anybody's got any questions, uh, we're doing a vintage lens podcast, you know, put your questions below. Now I've got uh, a question here from Fleming 
Bergman. Hopefully I've got that right. Fleming Bergman. He asked, or she asked, I'm not as, you know, it's very difficult to tell from this profile. Can you recommend a vintage camera and lens as cheap as possible with a praying emoji? So guys, what do like, you recommend? They want to start shooting film. I'm assuming. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, I guess we can we can have it open to we can sort of dissect this question. So, what do you guys recommend? Um, what vintage lens with your digital camera that you have now? What do you recommend for a beginner? And what is your favorite that you have now? Does that oh, make sense? Don't be throwing um, question. If we're talking about cheapest, I'd yeah. go the Helios. 50, uh, 44.2 just because like it's not it's a it's a good all-rounder focal length it's a 58 mil so it's kind of punched in but not too much so you could get away with a lot of it um if you want to talk vintage cameras i don't do a whole lot of it but i've i've looked into it a lot because i thought i was going to go down that route so the canon ae1 is really awesome it's super easy to get yeah. in the film it's pretty cheap it's like 200 bucks to 100 bucks depending on what sort of um conditioned it's in but it usually comes with the lens as well and obviously you got to pay for the film as well on top of it yeah. but that's probably the best option but i'd go yeah helios 44.2 but what was the other one i picked up the other day i can't even remember um which was a 28 mil which might be a bit better for some people um fuck, i can't even remember what it's called and I'll what was sorry? Know. What was the the camera body? The Canon A one? Did you say? It's called that Canon AE one. Yeah. AE one. Any of those A um, any of those like AE one series are great. You can you can find some of them for a steal. They've been climbing up quite a bit. Like like it's now like two hundred dollars for like a good one. Even though like I found a couple at like like for like twenty dollars, and I've just hopped on them because I was like, yeah, wow. okay. I have way too many but i just keep finding them for, stu for stupid cheap so i just keep picking them up and uh for lenses i just found that lens i got the i think this was like a hundred dollars which in the lens that's a hundred australian dollars so probably about 50 pounds yeah um the pentax 24 mil f2.8 which f2. is 2.8 yeah so 24 especially pretty wide pretty good for a lot of things really yeah. sharp it's not so much so far down the sort of like the helios 44.2 can be really soft which is not ideal for photography um so i'd probably go that one if i was going to go anything but i also shoot a lot of landscapes so if you're looking to get into portraits and maybe you want like an 85 mil mm. i've got an 85 mil somewhere i don't know where it's living at the moment but um yeah they're um if you want to do portraits, probably 85 mils, 24 mils, if you like your landscape and something in between a 50 mil. But Well, this is the it? thing that it comes back down to. Isn't it? I mentioned it is, you know, depending on what you shoot, what style, what genre, whatever, you're going to need a specific thing, a specific lens for that, right? So it's like with uh, doing weddings, you don't take a 400 mil uh, lens to, unless you're standing very, very far away. It's you know, do you know what I mean. You want something a little bit more yeah. personal, especially if you're you're going around and and shooting guests and stuff. Um, yeah, Caleb, what do you what do you think? Do you have any recommendations for cheapest lens to start off with, uh, in terms of vintage lenses? 
Yeah, I think if you're gonna if you want like the most bang for buck, I think personally the um, the Pentax SMC um, 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 Takamar 50 millimeter f 1.4 is like the absolute best bang for your buck. You can get them for like eighty dollars um, 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 US currently. Um, they haven't got they've they've been climbing a little bit, but they they haven't they haven't like taken off yet, and it's just like it's a very clean looking lens, but it has just like a little, it, it, it has a, it's a good balance between like a clean image and like a vintage image. And it's just, yeah. there's awesome, awesome pieces. I of just glass. think it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? How we had, you know, early on going back in time, we had these, these film cameras and then fast forward to in today where we've got these, all this technology and we've got these cameras, we've got, our, we've got cameras on our phones and yet on Instagram and things, there's still the option to add like a vintage filter on stuff before you, I just think it's so interesting where, how far we've come and yet we still want to go back and get that vintage feel. I guess it's all about, it's, it's, it's also to do with trends, I guess, that might be a factor into why things, you know, come in and out of trends, uh, you know, just think about it think about how clean and crisp and sharp we can get images now and yet there's still apps that can make your photos look more uh, grungy and vintagey and do you know what i mean i just think that whole thing is so so interesting um so before we move on to the next question my question for you guys is what is your favorite or go-to vintage lens for both of you so ed ed what's your go-to i guess again it depends on what you're shooting but Um, what lens probably look in in terms of the one that i had the most experience on it's the helios 44.2 because Mm -hmm. i got that one first um but this 35 f2 takama super multi-coated takama is pretty insane i've only i only got it yesterday to be fair so um but the rendering in it, the warmth that you get out of it, and the it's more of a clean look. Like if you point the Helios towards the sun, you will blow out your image completely. And right. um, Caleb mentioned this in his YouTube video that he put up this morning. You can't really shoot this on lower end cameras if you're pointing towards the sun because you just don't have the dynamic range to pull it off. Right. Um, so I'd probably go, yeah, the Takama 35 um, F2. But I also just absolutely love the 35 mil focal length. I think it's an yeah. amazing focal length for just like run and gun, getting around. Um, sure. Like more like realistic sort of framing. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. Caleb, shoot us with your oh, favorite God. go-to vintage <laughs> lens. That's so hard because every time you've got, put, let's say, let's say you've got a hundred lenses, yeah. and what one do you gravitate towards? Oh, it's just like because whatever cert, whatever look I want, it's a different lens. But also like any one that I put on my camera, I'm like this is my new favorite. <laughs> it changes every week. But I think probably one of I didn't know that I was gonna love it so much. Um, but one of my all time favorites is it's a uh, it's a Canon FL. So it's before the FD, but it, it has pretty much the same mount. You can use FL lenses on FD cameras. Um, it's the uh, Canon FL 58mm f1.2. So it's like a monster of a lens. Um, I think you can you can get these for about $200 right now, which for a 1.2 lens is 
like unheard of getting sure. you know, 1.2 lens for $200 and uh, something because I, I did like a whole a, a whole thing on it um, but something weird is it it swirls the background like a Helios but it's like a Helios on steroids because it opens to 1.2 instead of only opening to f2 which is nuts and then also it's super warm um, and it glows like crazy it, it's it's a it's a weird mix because it, it glows like the Canon dream lens but it swirls like the Helios and it flares and like anytime it like hits light it just it looks so good but also it's radioactive so that's kind of fun too wow is there like and this might be uh clutching at straws but is there like a website where you can look at com- and compare like demos of different lenses do you know what i mean is there anywhere have you found anywhere online where you can clearly see the differences what different lenses will give you um youtube has a couple but i can't remember what what channel it is but they have a couple um like just lens tests or whatever of different like vintage glass where they just have somebody like in a room and they just like focus it back and forth and shoot at different yeah. apertures and whatnot which like that's a that's a quick way to kind of like see how they look but like i i, I really like seeing like how how they perform out in the wild um so, sure like, i usually look for videos where people are like a- actually out testing them because then you get to see how they like perform under different conditions like a side by side shot would be quite good yeah, definitely for that. Awesome. Now, the next question is from uh, a guy. Well, his Instagram is Genius. I think his name is Gee. And uh, his question is, uh, where's the best place to find adapters? And can I 3D print one? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> probably, probably Amazon. You can, you can get them on Amazon. Um, they're most of them are pretty cheap depending on what adapter you need um 3d print them some people do actually uh do that i wouldn't suggest it because it's plastic (laughs) sure so like it'll it'll work but if if it gets under too much stress like it could snap and then your lens goes falling to the floor then possibly you know fragments of plastic are getting shot into your sensor so i don't know if i'd go that direction i don't know if i'd go that route there's a company that makes um custom ef mounts that are 3d printed uh for the canon fd lenses but i don't know a single person that trusts their fds with wow with those which is why everyone goes through a uh, sim mod so it can even... it can be done but it's just not recommended especially if you've personally got, i wouldn't especially if you've got a really expensive lens on the end of your camera body and it's like you'd care it's the same as like um putting a really cheap ND filter on the uh, back on the on the front um, of a really expensive lens. So it's like putting on plastic a plastic ND filter on a really nice bit of glass. That's basically what you're gonna get, right? Well, that's uh, that's how I picture it anyway, with a 3D printed adapter. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's not gonna degrade the image, but there's a risk that you're adding to it, like a real risk that's uh. I wouldn't personally I wouldn't trust. Right. Well there you go. Ed, anything to add to that? In terms of three D printing, I've never heard of someone doing it, but I reckon you're better off just going with someone else that like off Amazon and all that, just because from what I know, three D printing isn't cheap. Um and like Caleb said before, you can get these things for like six to ten bucks 
on Amazon. Yeah. So yeah, like and you, they'll probably you, be here the next day for you. So you can save yourself yeah. a lot of hassle. And um, if you have a 3D printer, just you probably have $6 to buy an EF to M42 adapter. <laughs> exactly. And rather than having to load up all the prints and all that sort of stuff, all the designs and all that, and actually wait for it to print, probably be quicker just to order one for 6 bucks. Yeah. Jeez. Off Amazon. So, also, yeah, just yeah. get them off Amazon. And like I said before, you just... um. It's pretty easy to find mounts on Amazon. There's a couple of other places, but if you just look up the mount that it is, uh, the vintage lens and what the mount is to your camera and just, you know, so like M42 mount to E mount for me. Um, and then th there'll be a bunch of options and they're very, very inexpensive. Awesome. Now, I'm just trying to think, is there anything that we've sort of missed out and not covered with the whole vintage lens um topic here maybe sort of the investment side of it if if uh some people want to get into just like the strictly like money side of it or have or owning a piece of history is kind of cool yeah i think i spoke about this on a previous show where um you can pick up like whole cameras for like five uk pounds on ebay and i think i mentioned before where i was i was so tempted to just get a couple as like ornaments almost like just to brighten up my living room just to have like a talking piece have a really nice vintage looking camera uh, obviously it being real whether it works or not is a different matter but just to have something in the living room which, which is not just some bullshit from ikea you know what i mean i, I wanted to do go that route but um but yeah it's uh it's definitely it's definitely interesting that you can pick up some lenses for very very cheap and just to go out and experiment that's to me that's what's sort of turning me on to this whole this whole thing of vintage lens the the um the the va the variety that you've got in front of you which is so affordable i think mm -hmm. what else is there anything else you think we haven't touched on <clears throat> um no, I think for me, you pretty much covered all of it. Like a, Excellent. Now, I'm a huge fan of them. I, I definitely, after this conversation, I'm, I'm inspired to just get, have a go and try and, and just compare, like what it's like to, to shoot. Uh, that's the other thing as well. Do you guys prefer to shoot with vintage lenses with, on video or photography? Which do you prefer? Video. Video. video straight away wow i'm gonna have to trial both of that there's two reasons for it uh for photography it's generally better to have a clean image mm. and mm. you can add in effects more convincingly with photography so if i wanted to do a vintage look through my you know modern lenses i can achieve that way easier than doing it with video Whereas um, one of the things that really separates high-end cameras now and film cameras back in the day was the sort of softness and tone that you get out of the images. Whereas it's, this is like a little bit of a workaround with the vintage lenses to get that softness. So it's not such a digital look. Um, that's why if you ever watch any camera tutorial about getting the best settings from your DSLR or mirrorless, they'll tell you to just drop the sharpening straight away. Right. That that digital sort of look that you can get through cameras, which means it's like not quite what you'd see in the movies. 
half of it's the glass, which is like what Caleb and I are trying to work around with using the vintage lenses. But a lot of it's um, the camera as well. So it's like a nice little shortcut to get that. Um, so for video, it adds so much character and these really beautiful tones and colors to it. And it makes this really unique look. But I could probably add that in with my editing in Photoshop if I really wanted to um, for my photography. And especially when you're looking at like prints and stuff, people want it to be incredibly sharp. They usually want depth front to back in the image. And there's just not really things that you can achieve easily with a vintage lens. So right. definitely for, photog- for videography, it's amazing. Highly recommend them. There are good lenses, like really good lenses, like vintage ones um, for photography. But the cheaper one, they are a little bit more expensive. Is it when you're shooting video with vintage lenses, is it not tricky to when you're like if you're doing things handheld and you're pulling focus? Is it is that not tricky? Because obviously in in, uh, you know, in the the cinema world in in Hollywood, you've actually got a second, a separate person to the side who is actually manually changing the focus rather than the camera operator. Is that right? I'm a, I must have seen yeah, some... Yeah, it is a focus so, puller, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... It's the fir- first AC. Yeah, and so by if, you, if it's just you with your camera and you're... Is that not tricky to do whilst filming something intricate or is it not an issue? It's not for me. No, it's not, it's not that bad. It, like, it's really just like... It just takes time to like learn the lens, just like it does with any lens. Really, it just it just takes a little bit of time to like get the feel for it and learn it. And mm. you, you'll find that most most shots you're doing, you're like that you're doing like any like most shots that you're doing with like crazy kind of like movements or whatnot. You're not really changing the focus that much, so it's not like it's really not as as hard as people think it is. But mm. it's definitely a good skill to have. Just uh, like being a hundred percent. And there will be, as you do more and more intricate stuff, I'm sure Caleb can attest to this, you will use manual focus more because autofocus is fantastic if it's like really well lit, you know, especially if it's a person, you can clearly see their face and they're standing facing the camera. But if it gets a little bit more detail, there's things blocking the subject a little bit like you want manual focus because autofocus will fail you. So yeah. like Caleb said, it's a really awesome skill to have. But at the same time, I think a lot of people go from using full autofocus all the time they pick up a vintage lens and it's just not as easy so they go like oh this is a bit crap but they do, ah. you know it takes like a couple of shoots maybe just playing around by yourself before you learn the focus throw of the lens and all that stuff caleb was talking about and then you just get nice and comfortable with it yeah it just becomes very chill i think that's a a, a great rule of thumb is if if you're someone out there who's just getting into photography I think by all means, um, learn your your um, your aperture, your shutter speed, and your ISO. Absolutely, but also just turn off your autofocus and just once you've got all the the uh, exposure triangle down, like have a go at just using manual focus and just seeing mm-hmm. how how uh, you know just just experience and and learning. That's I think mm-hmm. that's so it plays a huge part, especially if you're in the early, early stages of photography. Yeah. I think it's it's a lot easier for for people that have been doing this for a, a few years to just just have the camera set to how they've always had it. Just no experiment. I think it's so easy just to be an autopilot and just go out shooting and just you know what you want. like. Do you know what I mean? It's I think for experienced photographers i think um and i do it sometimes as well is 
I'm not thinking about the camera and the settings anymore. I'm more thinking about the subject and how, how can I, if I'm manually positioning my subject or, or subjects, or if I'm doing something with a landscape, or I'm trying, I'm, I'm looking, or I'm, I don't even touch the camera at all because I know exactly what settings I'm going to use. I don't, I don't need to go into all that. But if you're at the very beginning stages, I think it's absolutely essential that you learn all of the little things, especially, you know, manual focus and, and, mm. and just have that as like a, just get it on lockdown so that, you mm. know, know your ins and outs. One thing to go along with that is like pulling focus, pulling focus on, um, on like on one of these lenses is quite a lot different too than pulling it on like, you know, like, um, like, um, like a like kit lens or a lens designed for photo, like like a modern lens designed for photo, because like like vintage lenses have a really smooth um, kind of like um, like kind of like um, 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 are you okay? Grow to them, and uh, like they have like hard stops at either end, which is super nice. Uh, whereas if you have you know like a um, what like a 50 millimeter like kit lens uh it'll just keep spinning forever and it, you don't get that kind of like like haptic feedback as you're like pulling focus as to like where oh, the like start and like like the like the start and stop is yeah is oh super, that's interesting super nice. which is also why a lot of people are are now using these for kind of like films and like getting them all like you know like modded out for uh like kind of film work because it's 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 like having a set of like of of like vintage lenses for like video without having to buy like ten thousand dollars for like one single lens for like a film wow that is very interesting wow now you know i, th I think we've covered quite a fair bit and we're coming to the end of the podcast do you guys have anything you want to plug Anything that you guys are working on currently that you want to just tell the audience about so they can come over to you and see what you guys are up to? Ed, we'll start with you if you want. Do you have uh, anything I'm you want just, to plug? Just, no, not so much from last time. You can just find me on Instagram. at uh, If you're interested in more commercial stuff and how I interact with clients, that's edward.wisher.productions. Um, if you're into landscape stuff and more adventures and that sort of stuff, I'm ed.wisher underscore um that's pretty much where to find me um dan's always open if you've got any questions about how to start photography and how to get into it and best practices and all that and that's uh pretty much it awesome and caleb what are you working on it because you've uh you recently uh done opened your print store is that right yeah yeah i'm still i haven't done like a hard launch on it so i'm just it's been more of a soft launch so far i'm just kind of working through it and adding some stuff to it but uh so that's uh that's a good way to support the channel if you absolutely if you and if you if you like the work now we're both of you are keen youtubers yourself you both have youtube channels right so i guess people can just search ed wisher and kayla i'll leave all the links in the in the uh, show notes below for for bits and bobs and you can go and check these guys out um what have you guys been like we can obviously just talk about anything now but what have you guys been working on like just just normal shoots for yourselves have you do you have time to do that anymore i know um ed you're still in lockdown right in melbourne yeah quite restricted 
Um, yeah, I've got time to do it. I've got more time than I can. I know what to do with almost. Um, but wow. things are picking up now because we're two weeks away from coming out of lockdown, hopefully. So all my clients are sort of coming back and I live on, in a touristy sort of place. So summer will be really busy. Got a couple of huge projects lined up next year. So just sort of organizing them and that's pretty much it. So um, hopefully I can maintain the sort of momentum I've got with my personal stuff. But I have to say, traditionally, it's definitely fallen behind when things get busy with clients. Sure, sure. What what's the last what's the last shoot that you did yourself for yourself? Like just for fun or whatever. What what was the last thing you did? Uh, I went down to Fingal Beach, which is a place near mine, which is probably like a an hour and a half walk there, and then it's just this really beautiful spot that's like literally never got anybody there because it's too hard to get up. Um, wow. so yeah, it's absolutely stunning and we went down there for sunset which was yeah really beautiful so i still got to edit all that up make some reels and all that and then um yeah <laughs> that was a bit of fun awesome awesome caleb was have you have you had enough time to obviously because the last thing you've done is can i say uh you've been you know shooting bentleys and private jets and all sorts is that oh yeah yeah go that's... for it that's just yeah that's just all all stuff for work <laughs> that's mad that's madness. The things you must see on a daily basis. But what what have you done for your like personal, you know, self? Gone out to shoot personal stuff. Pretty much everything that I shoot for um, 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 YouTube. That's that's like my excuse to go make something like for myself because that's just like making something that I would want to see, and then I get to just either test out, you know, some like some like different lenses or like a different camera or just kind of like go shoot somewhere new that I haven't been. Like, that's just kind of, uh, that's my like excuse to go like create. Yeah. Like my own thing. What was the last thing? The last thing you did. The last thing was for the video that I just launched today, which was uh testing vintage lenses on the, uh, on the red Komodo, just cause I wanted to see um, how these like old pieces of glass look on a, uh, on like a like an actual like full full fully fledged uh, uh like like camera with like you know actual like a camera that's designed for like you know like you know like film mm. so it has like super high uh super high um you know just like bit rates and uh of course capture a lot more detail out of it with the dynamic range and that is that a 6k camera did you i remember you saying before or is it 8k six K Super Thirty Five, but it's got sixteen plus stops of dynamic range. Shoots in sixteen wow. bit raw, so you can mess with the colors like crazy. So wow. just wanted to see how it performed on that. Ed, thank you so much for being here. Caleb, thank you so much, boys, for joining me on this podcast. Um, it's been a blast chatting to you guys and getting more insight on vintage lenses. Absolutely, thank, thank you, you for so having much us. for having me, mate awesome awesome thank you so much for everybody who listened and we will see you in the next one take care guys have a great day my friend thank you so much for listening to this podcast i really appreciate it i hope it gave you some value or some insight into the whole vintage lens world i hope you it's inspired you to go out and find a vintage lens that works for you and you can start experimenting um like I said in the intro, if you can find the subscribe, follow button, wh- whichever podcast platform you're listening to this, 
have a go. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go and find the area where you can submit a review. That really does help my podcast out and I really appreciate it. Or just find me on Instagram. Like I said, I'll leave all links in the show notes below. Come and find us on social media uh, or send us a message, whatever. Just get in touch and let me know that you enjoyed the podcast. It would mean a heap to me. So, uh, Definitely do that. And I just want to thank uh, Caleb and Ed again for joining me on this podcast. I know those two are really passionate about vintage lenses. I've not dabbled, dabbled, dabbled. I've not dabbled. Yeah, dabbled. I've not dabbled in vintage lenses just yet. Obviously, I've used vintage lenses in the past, but that's with a film camera. So Mm, I'd like to I'd like to experiment with a vintage lens on my Canon 70D. Let's try and make that happen. So uh, if you've got any questions, again, send them over on email. It'll be info at danlock.co.uk. And uh, yeah, I'd love for you to come back to the podcast and listen to the next episode. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I just hope it brings you that same joy and value as this one did and uh, yeah I hope you enjoy the rest of your week feel free to go back and listen to other podcasts that we've done in the past because this is all about helping beginner photographers and uh, you might just be that beginner photographer that is looking for the answers that we have so enjoy your week I'm going to stop rambling and procrastinating and (laughs) I will speak to you in the next one. Take care.